Hey, y'all. I am so high right now on life after that juicy conversation I just had with Miss Chloe Elger of Chloe's Countertop. Chloe is making her second appearance on the Mind Body Musings podcast today, and maybe you'll be able to feel this from our conversation, but we are legit in real life friends. We are friends even offline. I had the honor and pleasure to meet her in person this year in Vancouver, even though we've had a relationship as friends for about five years now, I believe. I love this girl. I love everything she's doing. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to really feel our friendship through this conversation because it's a little bit different than just an interview. We really have a soulful deep dive conversation together. And I would love, love, love to hear if you felt that, if you experienced that being a listener of the show. And yeah, just let me know. Feel free to message me. How did you like this this, uh, podcast interview? Before we get started on that, Here is the review of the week. This comes from Sheila Averse, and she says, Restoring my soul with five stars. I've known Maddie, I've known of Maddie for a while now, but only recently subscribed to her podcast to hear more of her perspective on recovery from eating disorders. The more episodes I listened to, the more I realized how much I connected with Maddie because she too has struggled with many of the same things I have and still do. Thank you, Maddie, for being willing to be so vulnerable in your interviews. I have so many favorite episodes so far, and I'm still going back through the archives. Thank you so much, everyone. Know that you can go into the archives at any point. Those are available for you to check out. Sometimes I forget to mention this and y'all don't realize this, but if you go to my website, maddiemoon.com and go to the podcast tabs, you will see all of the interviews that have ever existed there. And you can read on the show notes what each one is about. And they are also available on iTunes, all of them, all 208 now. So you can head on over there and, uh, and dive deep if you want more on any specific topic. And I get a lot of emails from y'all about, hey, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? I encourage you to go to Google first and type in Maddie Moon and then type in the topic you're looking for and see what comes up. Because chances are in 208 episodes about self-love and life and rejection and relationships and ED and body image and all that, it's been covered at some point. So go ahead and give that a shot just to see what comes up. I'd be curious to see how many many Google uh, results come up for what you're looking for, even if it's me being interviewed on something. I've covered a lot of stuff, and that's a great way to find out if what you're looking for is something that I've already spoken on. The show sponsor today is Fit with two Ts. One of my favorite ways to find out what activities are going on in a certain city, where to go eat, where I can get my rock climbing fix, or just health in general, what healthy things a city can offer is by going to fit.co. I've got my own link. It's fitwith2ts.co slash moon. So if you go there, you can select a city. If you're living in a certain city or you're visiting city or you have family members in a city and you want to help them out and find awesome, healthy, fit type places to visit, go there and select explore to find your city. Also know that each city has a Facebook page and you can find them on Instagram at fitcity, F-I-T-T city. These also include outdoor adventures or upcoming events. So basically anything that you would like to find for a healthy lifestyle is available at fit. Last thing, is Chloe's bio. Gotta read that before we dive on in. 
Chloe Elger is an intuitive healer, psychic, holistic nutritionist, author, and speaker, and the founder of Chloe's Countertop, a platform to support women and men around the world who are ready to step into their light and connect to their higher selves. Chloe's focus ranges from issues with disordered eating, body image, and relationship to body, to our connection to purpose and a deeper exploration with spirit. Chloe's universal mission is to change our relationship to pain and discomfort and to create space for vulnerability, connection, and truth. We get into all that today. So you just get ready, sit back, relax, grab a a tea, grab uh, some munchies, whatever you need to get into your highest self, to get ready to listen to this juicy, juicy conversation with Miss Chloe Elger. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Hi, Chloe. How are you? Hey, Maddie. I'm so good. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you because it feels like this is just going to be really fun and chill. And it's like we've we've spent enough time together that we've. I mean, we've we've been on this journey together for such a long time. I was even just thinking about like that first podcast episode I did with you millions of years ago and how like just how nervous I felt to do podcast episodes where, and just like watching the evolution of both of us and how we always meet, don't we? Yeah. We're always like, Hey, we're at the same place at the same time in terms of like our growth and expansion. So, yeah. And what's really fun for me is anytime I get a question that comes into my head or something struggle, like, you know, this, cause I'm reaching out to you, but if I ever get something that pops in my head where I'm like, I feel really stuck with this boy thing, or I feel really stuck with this life thing, or I feel stuck here. I, I want to come to you. Like I just, mm. I trust your insight as a friend. Like you, we've got all these beautiful coaching abilities, but it's really special. I think to be able to have, especially being in this coach world, Mm-hmm. being a coach, sometimes it feels really isolating because yeah. your friend, your circle, they're coaches and you kind of don't want to, you don't want to like use, make anyone feel overly coached. Like they're always coaching. And then, then you go to your coach friends to get support and help, but you don't want to do that because they're already coaching all day long. And you don't want to be burdened, so to say. Yeah. That's a, that's something I've experienced this past year, especially when I've had things pop in my life that have been really challenging. And I've been like, who can I, who can I talk to about this? Who do I trust? But who can, who can put on the friend hat, not the coach hat and be my friend in this. And that's always you. That's really Aww. nice. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's, that just makes me, 
it just makes me feel so it just resonates so much to my like seriously my truth because that's always been my intention I think even like even I was very aversive to calling myself a coach very aversive because I don't resonate with a lot of the coaching um energy I've always and I was thinking about this yesterday like I think because I grew up with already always around spirituality with my mom like whether she she always had like a guru and a spiritual teacher and they were always very rooted in like like Indian style spirituality like that more ancient spirituality so a lot of the new age coaching didn't actually resonate with with me because I had that foundation with my mom and so it that being authentic has always been my number one thing and so if I feel like I resonate with someone then being able to like come meet them where they are and like come at it from a space of like freshness and always allowing new teaching to come in through intuition has been so important to me because I've I like I have a mentor coach and I've been working with her for a year and she's always like that like she's it never feels like she's being coachy with me it's just like it is it's like a friend and whether it's like my clients or my good friends I it's it's like I always just connect the work to my heart and so I think Mm. that's probably what comes through is that it's never like I I just love helping people. It's always it's always been yeah. who I am since I was a little child, like just wanting to help everyone. And so it just transformed into the work that I do. And then and so I think that that passion seeps through, and it's it's just authentic. And until and then it stops being authentic. Like anything I do, if it stops feeling authentic, I tend to be really good at just like saying goodbye to it very quickly and moving on. Yeah, I'm curious. What to you is the feeling vibe? definition of coachy what's the coachy that's icky okay so actually I was so do you have Matt Kahn coming on your yeah I have his book sitting like really close to me in my bookshelf oh do you that's so cool because I actually didn't know him at all and then my mom my mom tends to know like always whenever anyone spiritual that is you know that is in her circle are coming to Vancouver a she always buys tickets and she always knows they're coming so she was like hey I'm going to Matt Con and I just like looked on Google barely even checked him out but just felt like yeah he's I'm, coming I'm here do I need to go see him in person you he's should go 100 okay. percent yeah I'll get it and, and he's and he just launched his new business all for like rebranded all for love and he's very powerful like the thing about him is he's he's uh, he's uh, incredibly powerful. Like he's got a very angelic um, energy. He's a super powerful intuitive empath and psychic. Like you can just feel how he transmit transmits energy. Mm. Like we were sitting on the front row, and I like tried to cross my legs, and I legit felt his energy be like uncross your legs, and like because it's just like receiving his energy. He's very powerful, but. He's also very funny, like really funny. Like you're like, am I at a comedian show or a spiritual event? So he lightens everything in a really wonderful way. So he's, he's great. I highly recommend him. And just the way that he teaches old wisdom, um, in a very like insightful way that's very clearly been channeled is just fair. It's, it just like hits you, you know, Mm. it's truth. Um, so, and, and the reason like why I really resonated with him and my mom and I were talking about this is because 
he actually talks a lot about how a lot of new age spiritualism, and I talk a lot about this, how, and I think we've talked about this, like how it very easily can be taken and turned into like ego spirituality where the ego comes in and kind of hijacks the teaching as a way of, you know, like covering up the fear that's actually happening. So can you give an example of that? Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I need to go into detail about this. So it's just like, I mean, a really good example is law of attraction or manifesting. Like, and the way that Matt Kahn talked about it was that where we, we've so, um, blind, like blindly taken law of attraction, which is a real universal law. Um, and we've just around energy and we've basically started to turn the world into an Amazon prime. We're like, Hmm, what do I want? What do I want? I want a house and a million dollars and a partner. And it's just like, we, we act like it's, we've, we've attached ourselves so much to the act, the, the external desire of wanting that we've pulled away actually from what we're being presently given as, as, you know, like what's in front of us as a way of really learning. You know, it's like, and then what happens though is that when we attach to that wanting, when something doesn't come into our world or we go through pain, we then step into fear because we're like, what have I done wrong? Or, oh my God, um, yeah. Right? I'm like, doing that like, today. Well, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, well, I've been doing my money manifesting practices for a month. Where is it? I must be doing something wrong. But it's like, and what he talks about is like that there is divine timing and that if it's not showing up, there's something here for you to learn. And we, I think we're trying to, it's like spiritual bypass. Like we're trying to bypass the learning in order to get to what we believe is the happiness. And I think that there's a lot of, and I think it's just like the world, there is ego. So it is a part of the world. Um, but I do believe that like, there are some people that get drawn into some of the spiritual teachings, but they, it's like, they, it's like they, what's like an example? It's like they, uh, it's like getting candy instead of going into the, going into the forest or going into nature and like getting the actual fruit. Like they want that sweetness fast, but they're not willing to like go and scavenge for like forest for the, the fruits or the, you know, it's not like I go and forage for fruit, but it's like, it's, you want everything fast. And so we, we grab onto spiritual teachings because we're like, oh, I want more money. So, and then they dive into the idea or understanding of spirituality, but without actually going through the journey. And it's like, I mean, it's like with you, you're at this place right now in your life where you're starting to really feel the guidance to go deep, like deep. I can feel it and see it into really understanding, like, who you truly are, like what's really been showing up for you. And it's not that the stuff in the beginning hasn't been necessary because it has, but yeah. I think sometimes we get, we, you know, like we get, we're too soon to, to want to help and fix others based on something that we haven't even gone into the depths of yet. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really wish right now that we could call out some names of coaches who do this. And I know that we probably shouldn't do that, but I'm curious, like who comes to your mind, Chloe's mind when it's like coaching, not, not going there. Mm. Is there anyone you could? So I think it's, I actually, I don't even really pay attention to actual coaches. I don't, I don't even really know many coaches like specifically cause I don't pay attention. But what I can say is that like, um, I always resonate more with spiritual teachers like, um, like Gangaji, um, like Esther Hicks, um, mm. 
who are some spiritual teachers? Uh, yeah, like Matt Kahn is a, is an example. Like mm-hmm. all they 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 feel there's a different energy to them. Yeah, it's it's like feeling. they're not coming from a place of want want like massive want or ego. So there are a lot of spiritual teachers out there that do serve. A, but this is the other thing is that like some energies there's like an introduction into spirituality totally. and a lot of those teachers you know i mean if any lay person went into that matt con event they might have just been like what the f bomb is this mm-hmm. i need to get the hell out of here this guy's totally loopy and there were moments where i even heard my mind be like you know some people probably would think that this is completely crazy and it made made me think of like that the documentary the osho documentary wild wild country yeah. do you know what i mean like there are levels of learning and what, how, you know, how ready we are to hear these deep truths. So, but like there are teachers that I just hear or I'm, I'm around and I, I just don't resonate with them. Like I, Gabrielle Bernstein, I love her. I think she's wonderful and I think she's doing amazing work, but I don't resonate with her. And it's not to say that her teaching is bad or that she's doing anything wrong. It's just that I can see that our energies don't blend. Like I wouldn't, even if she gave free coaching, I wouldn't go and coach with her. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's similar to that quote that's like when, when you're ready to learn the lesson, the teacher will show something yeah. like that. Um, and well, that's, that's interesting because I've never felt that urge to work with Gabby either mm. in any kind of way. Yet I know that her teachings have saved people from wanting to commit suicide. Like there are certain teachers that we don't have to relate to every single teacher out there. And thank goodness, because then we don't no, be saying God. like a million different um, contradicting things and we'd be so totally lost. Our, our first primary teacher is ourself and yeah. what we're experiencing with the divine. And then other people will show up on our journey when we are ready for them. And it's interesting going back to what you're saying towards the beginning of this, there are lots of coaches who I no longer follow, but coaches that captured my attention big time at the beginning of all of this. Thank goodness for them. Like, thank goodness for them, even when they spoke those hokey, corny, like, messages that were not full of depth, because it got me in the door, and it got me to start looking at my life, even if it was on the surface. So what? Mm-hmm. You know, it was on the surface, and it was, like, my my eating habits, or my the way I loved my body, or my relationship with hustle, all that stuff, and that's good, and that needed to happen. And now I'm ready for these really incredibly deep layers, which you know all about because I've spoken to you about them. I've shared pieces of what I'm currently dealing with primarily in my relationship with my parents here and there on my Instagram or if I'm being interviewed. Um, I'm also waiting for a, a certain level of clarity before I do like big deep dives into these arenas on my, my show. And I think that's so important that we give ourselves space to mm-hmm. unravel, uncover, feel, be in that void of loneliness, be in the void of, of like trauma too, like realizing stuff that happened in our childhood or stuff that's happening now and not feel like we have to share it with the world or even share it with our coach quite yet or share it with our family, like give ourselves time to marinate and feel what we're feeling And when we do that, I find what I found in my life is that the coaches, the people that I resonate with, they appear Mm -hmm. and, and, and I speak their language then. And that's when I'm ready for that. Cause I remember two years ago at uh, my first big time retreat I went to, there was one workshop of eye gazing, one workshop of eye gazing. Oh my God. I freaked out. I I, (laughs) like inside I did it, but I freaked out on the inside, like eye gazing for 10 minutes max. 
I just did a, I just did a weekend intensive and it was an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Like, like six times, an hour and a half, six times of different people I didn't know and way more than that. But the eye gazing of holding that eye contact for an hour and a half, not one second of looking away, I would not have been ready for that at all. So these things no. come in layers and we have to give ourselves permission to be wherever we're at, like wherever that is. It's cool. Don't worry. You'll get to a new layer later. Like might as well yeah. enjoy the, the layer you're at now. Yeah, totally. And, and I think, I think one other thing is that like, um, at any point in our lives, and it's just about getting to know who you are and, and, and you're always, and that like, uh, MacCon just really impacted me, but I feel like I can't say everything. I just basically repeat, repeat all of his teachings, but it's just like, we're always getting to know another layer of ourselves, and, and it's not until after that we look back and we're like, Oh, that, like that was going on then. And it was necessary. Like, I think that, there are some teachers out there that are, that are moving from fear and shadow and ego. And so they actually attract in the shadow, the ego and the fear. Like my, my, um, I, I, there's been times where I've been drawn to Gabby Bernstein or been like, Oh my gosh, I need to, like, I need to get her in my space. I need her to know who I am. Right. And then later being like, that didn't, like I was coming from a place of fear because I was seeing, how important she was becoming. And I was wanting t to be known or validated by that, but by that, by that fame. Yeah. Uh, but it's like my, uh, one of my favorite ways that I can understand now when I'm stepping into my shadow or my like self-sabotage is based on what, um, what music I listen to or like what movies I'm into, um, and like what guys I'm attracted to. And it's the worst, but Chris Brown is like my shot internal shadows, like heartthrob. And so whenever I'm really like, and, and I didn't really notice. Chris Brown is a singer, right? Yeah. 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 The guy who punched up yeah. Brianna. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like literally my internal shadow is obsessed with Chris Brown and really? like any sort of guy that has that sort of archetype. And so it's just interesting for me to be able to recognize that. And that's the thing is like, I'm not a bad person because I have like a shadow side that loves Chris Brown who beat up a yeah. woman. Right. Um, I think that that's, and it's just like noticing that that's a really good indicator for me that I've stepped into that place of self-sabotage because I'm starting to be attracted to that energy. Wow. And it's similar with teaches and teachers and coaches and just like the energy that we bring in for us to be able to see what we're currently experiencing within, like from within, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like I like this. I've never thought about it this way. Like um, the music you listen to. <laughs> yeah, in in so two things are coming up for me. One thing um I realize so for me, I have this and I'm sure a lot of people do. I have a love-hate relationship with TV. Big time. Mm -hmm. I hate mm -hmm. it. I hate that I waste time on it. When I look back on my life and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've spent time so much of my life watching the Bachelorette, which I can't wait to watch later today. You're so, <laughs> I love that you're so into that show. I love it. Like, I love any kind of relationship show. Well, and I was going to say, you love relationships. I though. love relationships. Yeah. It's my, it's my, I won't say my life's work. Yes, yeah, my life's work. I will say that. It's my life's work. Um, but like right now, like the past couple of years, I've just been so immersed in relationships. I love the show Married at First Sight. I oh, think that's fascinating. They get married. The first time they meet each other is at the altar, and then they get married. Like an arranged marriage kind of situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's an arranged marriage, and then you watch them for the next like six weeks if they make it work or don't, and if at the very end they find out if they get a divorce or not. 
And I just love, like, I'm, I, I'm Instagram friends with one of the girls that was on it, and I asked her questions, and I'm just like, hey, what's on my home with Married at First Sight? Like, all this stuff. I tried to get her on the show, but they have, like, tight rules on yeah. what you can share about it. Um, so that's, like, I, I feel like the TV in general, I have a love-hate, but, like, watching something like Married at First Sight or The Bachelorette, I think that's the lesser of evils, because it's a good show. It, it provides a lot of entertainment, but there's, like, then the dark side of it, of, like, watching shit reality TV relationship stuff, like... Stuff you don't want to waste your time watching. And I realize when I start watching this really, really crappy, poor quality reality TV show, um, TV shows about relationships or drama and it's all made up on MTV or whatever, that's when I know I'm out of alignment. I am, I'm out of integrity with something in myself. It's okay to, to let my brain turn off here and there and get immersed in someone else's relationship and stop thinking about my own. Um, but then there's the, the darker shadow, which I respect. I'm like, all right, you can, you can live, you can breathe. It's okay. You're there. It's okay. You want to watch these stupid, ridiculous shows that are wasting your time. Mm. Um, but let's pay attention to what's happening here. Why are you watching this? Are you bored? Are you just trying to turn your brain off from coaching and you're tired? Like what's, what's going on here? And is this the best use of your time? Sometimes I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm going to say no, if I really can wake up to, to that dynamic that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. TV shows are big. I mean, for me, I've actually had a, I, ha- I have this conversation actually a lot with my clients because I think the thing is that as long if we can practice the concept that there is nothing ever that's bad or wrong or a waste of time and that we can just like be, um, like allow ourselves to be in the experience of what is there and just kind of witness it. So really, I think that's a big thing. Cause I used to feel I, when I had like eating disorder days in high school and university, um, even in, and in, uh, in, in high school, yeah, in high school, I, I isolated myself so deeply from the world cause I was in so much pain. And so movies were like that thing that helped me to numb all of that pain. So I actually would get into a really bad, bad relationship with TV show watching where I would just like, you know, binge and binge many seasons at once and just hide away. And so I think a big piece for me around that was to just allow myself to do that without feeling guilty about it. It's kind of, it really is. It is, it is a psychology at the end of the day, because it's like the more that we, the more that we judge something or resist it, the more that we want to do it or the more that we want to numb mm-hmm. from it. It's just like being able to recognize that like you are human. So you're never going to, you can't just completely snap your fingers and clear yourself of all of the ways that you distract from facing your truth. Right? So if, if watching the bachelor and the bachelorette is an interesting thing for you, and there is something about it making sense that you like to watch relationship shows yeah. because right now and your life's work in this moment is very much about relationships and diving deep into that energy. And so you're learning whether it's distraction or not, it doesn't really matter. Like you get to decide if that feels good or doesn't feel good. Um, and you don't need to justify it or make stories up about it anyways. Right. Cause it's just like, it's, it's all, I think that that's a big thing. It's like with eating, like we have all of these, things that we do external ways to experience the world and we get to just choose um and be really mindful of that internal voice um and the more that we do that the more that we bring our awareness to that internal voice then i think we feel more freedom to make the choice because 
where like, actually, you know what, like today I'm, I'm kind of done with watching the show for a bit mm-hmm. uh, and go, maybe go do something else. Uh, but I think it's all like, this is kind of that thing around, um, like personality and ego coming into spirituality because we want to be perfect mm-hmm. spiritual people, right? It's like, well, I'm, I want to meditate all the time and like, it's not good to be, to watch TV because that doesn't support my energy and it's not raising my vibration and therefore I'm not going to get money to come yeah. in and all these good things are going to come. And it's just like, I don't, that's not like there, maybe there's something in watching the TV that's going to teach you or there's contrast that's going to show up for you um, to evolve your being. Like you don't know. And being willing to explore that without the judgment, I think is so big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, my process around this, the way that I've learned how to come to this, even if it takes a couple minutes to get to that same place, I ask myself, okay, what else would I do in this moment? Like what else would I do? It's after a lot. Let's imagine it's after a long day of coaching. Maybe I've done a podcast interview. Maybe I, I read for an hour. I already meditated. <laughs> Maybe I've done all these things. Um, yeah. And it's 5 p.m. And I'm like, what would I would I read? No, my brain is so tired of reading. Um, do I want to text a friend or get on a call? No, I don't want to talk to people right now. Do I want to go do acro? No, I don't want to do acrobatics. I don't want to tighten my core right now. Do I want to nap? No, I want to be awake. So it's like I go through all these things and I get really clear. Like, yeah, this is the this is exactly what I want to do. I can be awake. I will be entertained and I'll let go. And, yeah. and that helps me to really like, sometimes it's instinctive where I don't have to do that. And I'm just like, this is what I'm going to do. But yeah. sometimes if I get in my head about it, then I'm like, okay, well, what in the world else would I do? Nothing. This is what I want to do. And going back to the thing you were saying about food, this is, this is similar with food too. And that's how people end up creating orthorexia or some sort of disordered eating because they think, well, I mean, I could eat, I could eat broccoli. I could eat brown rice, I could eat chicken, I could eat all these healthy sodium-free foods, I could eat my raw food diet when your body's really like craving something else, and you say no, 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 because on one side when you're in the spiritual realm, it's because you want to be the spiritual teacher, and in the food stuff, it's because you want to be a healthy eater, you want to be a clean eater, you want to be vegan, you want to be paleo, whatever it is for you, and you're so attached to those labels, the ego comes in, doesn't allow your intuition to have any wiggle room or any playtime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's just where... We're attaching who we are to these things. Yes, exactly. And it's just like you can – TV is in this world. Food is in this world. Mm. We're, we, they're here for us to experience and evolve our beings. So we can choose whether we allow those things to support us or and, – and also to like – it's like the shadow side of like it's bad to watch TV. It's not good for us. Like we learned that, right? So mm. it's like – but we're when we're watching TV, we're also like – observing and experiencing other energies and totally. things are happening inside of us. So we get inspired. So we get inspired yeah. by stuff like that. I know I do. So switching gears a little bit, you, when I went to Vancouver <laughs> and I saw you, you were like, oh, I'm so excited to be like groundless. I just want to travel and be free and, 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 uh, mobile. And I don't want these routines right now. I just want to be free. Yeah. And I was entering the opposite stage of like, I need my grounding. I need my routine. I don't want to travel for a while, which totally didn't happen. I've been traveling like every other week. But now you're home, right? You're back in Vancouver now, yeah? Yeah, back okay. in Vancouver. So where else you go and what, what do you feel like now? What's it like where, in your body? Where did we go? Yeah, where did you venture to? Okay, so we, we kind of – so every year – my husband, Ferris, his birthday is on May 30th. And since we've met... Every we've year, both... it's on May 30th. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
he's really different to the rest of the world. Like it's a very strange thing. I'm still trying to get used to it. Um, but every year since we've met, we've trapped, we've been away for his birthday, which has just been like this really spontaneous, intuitive pattern that's been created. Um, so we always kind of try to like, it's not even a forced thing. We're just like, Oh, you know, he'll have something that's happening. Some part of the world that just happens to be in May. And then I'll be like, well, let, I'll come with you and like, let's make a trip of it. So we wanted to, we felt like basically I started getting really obsessed with Moroccan poofs and started thinking like the, 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 the furniture, like the little, <laughs> I really thought you were going to say Moroccan poops. And I was like, tell me more. You're like, Oops. is that a spiritual tool of some sort? Um, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> tell me more, please. So they're like these, uh, you know, like they're like the leather. You can have them in fake leather okay. little pillow seat things. Okay. And they're just everywhere. And my friend in New York had one. And I was like, they're so beautiful. So I just started wanting them. So and then I got home and Ferris was like, hey, I've been thinking about going to Morocco for my birthday. I was like, well, now that you talk about Morocco. So we decided to make Morocco the place that we would end up in. Um, and so we went to Berlin. We stayed a week in Berlin, which we absolutely loved so much. Um, we just like loved the just, I mean, we're, we're both vegan. It was like the most vegan place ever, which was unbelievable. And like not boring vegan, like vegan donairs that were like on point and just, yeah, just blow your way. First time to go to Berlin. First time in Berlin. It's so interesting because when I see you, I think Berlin. Like, I really, really? do. You look I like... I do kind of fit into the Berlin style. You look so Berlin. Like, you feel like Berlin, though. You just feel like Berlin, Germany. And it I just feel fits. like German. Um, Dankeschön. Dankeschön. <laughs> I'm the worst at German. I need to learn more. So, yeah. So, we loved Berlin. And then... And I loved it because I really... The whole journey was actually really spiritual, for me, um, because in Berlin, I really can, I used to be obsessed with Anne Frank as a little girl, like very obsessed, like did her for my projects, read all of her books, pretended to be here and wrote in journals, like loved her. So I, we went to the museum and like really found myself getting deep into her story and then learning everything that happened there, which was really, um, yeah, like going to the Jewish Memorial. It just, it was a really interesting thing to just connect to that history and the energy of what happened there and just seeing how Berlin, like, how it's still very present in Berlin um, and in the, in the people. And then we went to Rome, which is just always the best. Like I love Rome, went to the Vatican, which is, which is a really different experience for me. The last time I went to the Vatican, I wasn't a practicing psychic or like was still kind of moving away from my intuition. So that was really intense to go into that space and experience the energy there. Um, and then we did, we went to Grand Canaries for his work and I didn't really actually enjoy that being there as much. Um, so I went to see my best friend in Marbella in Spain and then we went to Morocco. Mm. So it was wonderful. We had, and I think this is like, you'll love this because right before we left, I'm just going to energetically ask for Ferris for permission. Yep. No problem. Okay. I'm just, um, so before we left, we had kind of found ourselves, I had kind of like stepped into this story that, um, we were like, we were facing a lot of contrast and we were fighting, like not fighting, but just like, we weren't in alignment. And I was feeling like he wanted to, he was ready to have a baby. And I wasn't cause my best girlfriend just had a baby. And I was like, and I'd been with her through it. And I'm like, there's no way I have space for that right now. 
Um, and we've just kind of been in the process of waiting for a green card and like finding where we're supposed to live. And so there was all these things that I started to really focus on as problems. And so before we left, I just kind of had like a, I just like, he was sitting at this exact spot on the table and I just stood in the middle of the apartment and I'm like, Ferris, it's really important that we like clear whatever's going on right now. And like, we need to just find a new way to be because it's just not working. It was very dramatic. Um, but basically before I left, I, I kind of like went into meditation one day and just really connected to my guides and my intuition and was like, I'm ready. I'm willing to surrender. I'm ready to surrender what's going on for me right now. Um, I was stepping into a lot of fear because my parents and like, I grew up with a lot of really shitty relationship role modeling. And so I was stepping into a lot of fear and looking for patterns that weren't there and just kind of was like, I'm ready for a miracle to show up so that we can be happy again. And so it just felt like that was the theme of the whole trip. Like we just like found our footing together. We were in alignment. We had so much fun. Mm. We never fought. We, you know, we just, we, and we were just being really kind to each other. And Ferris has really stepped into a very, his own spiritual journey. Like he's, he's um, coaching with Jay Shetty mm. um, and he's meditating daily. And it's just like, we found a really beautiful space where, that we're in right now. So that was actually a really big focus for me on this trip. And I'm, I just felt so happy and, and we just, yeah, we just found a really big alignment. So we found both of us at the end of the trip, kind of really being excited to come home so that we can start to ground ourselves again and start to put some really solid intentions in for what our vision is moving forward. And I think that was one of the things where I was, I was feeling scattered and, and worried about what we were mm. going to do and if it was going to align. Wow. What happened after you did that whole meditation? Yes. No, beforehand, when you just said, oh. this, this isn't okay. This isn't working right. We need to figure this out. How did he respond to that? He was like confused. He was confused, which is very normal. Cause he, he was like, everything's fine. Like we're totally uh -huh. fine. I don't understand. And it was like, mm -hmm. I was making, trying to make a problem and I got more angry. I'm like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Everything's fine. Like everything is not fine. I'm like, we're not having sex. We're not better. Da, da, da. We're not better. Da, 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 da. And just like all of these things, trying to build the story that I had created in my head about a problem that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So you're feeling these feelings though, and of course you know this, but it's important to acknowledge them and to, to locate where they're, they're at in your body and, and work through it with your partner. Would you do that same thing again, the way you did that? Or do you have, looking back, how would you have done that then? What do you think is like the best way you could have communicated that so, with him or show? So what I, I love this. This is, this is actually really helpful for, for anyone. Yeah. So yeah. it's like basically I, I, I start a story started was planted in my head probably at around February or January, um, based on the whole baby conversation. And the story started planted into my head that we weren't in alignment and that we were like, we were starting to go different, like separate ways in terms of what we wanted. And Ooh. that I started to like lose the, like my, my trust that we would be able to find a home and build a family together and like build a life together started to just get questioned. And so I, my mind started as our minds do, we create a story and then we do. And then our mind's like, right. Okay. My mm -hmm. job is to prove this story like hell or high mm -hmm. water. And so it was just like every single thing. It was just looking for ways. And my 
this is one of the things for me because it's like what I was really escaping or moving away from was the intimacy and vulnerability of like trusting. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually was pulling away energetically from him. Right. But, and he, but he was just like there in it. And so that story just like built and built and built and built and built till this one day where I just had a explosion (laughs) in the apartment declaring the truth that was my truth. Um, so what I can see now looking back is that, and I was talking about this on a live today. It's just, you know, that experience was really beautiful. And the key is that I notice it because now I can see that the next time that that sort of story around being scared pops up for me, I can almost respond to it faster and have a conversation with him before I start to actually, like I, all, like my mind started to question, like, are we meant to be married? Are we supposed to be married? Are we going to get divorced? Is blah, 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 blah. And it's like noticing those noises and those thoughts and then having a conversation with him. And it's like that willingness to be vulnerable and intimate because that I've always noticed that I'm naturally very good at being vulnerable and authentic. However, it's like arm's length because there's actually this massive amount of vulnerability and intimacy that for a long time I was hiding and pretending to be super vulnerable. And so it's just like stretching. That's one been one of my things, especially in our relationship has been about like being willing to stretch that and noticing how uncomfortable I am because that my heart, like my heart space and my heart chakra literally sometimes feels on fire because it's like letting these, this love in that I've been so scared to let in because I've seen, I, I saw my parents. One of the things is that I saw my parents experienced so much pain and I never saw, you know, I didn't have, um, any proof of it working really. Mm, Yeah. And I love that you're pointing out the fact that our mind's job is to prove everything in its power around the story we create. And it's so funny. It really is funny how quickly we can create these stories. Like it could be like, if someone's not texting me back, Right. I'm like opening up my heart and I'm like, I miss you. I want you. I don't get a text back. And then all of a sudden, okay, they've lost interest. And Mm. then my brain will do everything in its power to show that that this person has lost interest by then I'll go overboard on the text. And then there's more opportunities for him to not respond to or I, I won't I'll withhold. So then he gets back to me, but then I'll withhold to show him how it feels whenever I'm whenever I'm not being heard or responded to. And then eventually, yeah, it will come to an end because that's not healthy. Nothing's healthy about that. And like I've watched this dynamic happen with um, people in my family and and close friends where we say we're vulnerable and we can be vulnerable in a sense where we share our truth and we open up about our past and we we talk. We're talkers. We're sharing. We're sharing. But then when it comes – I like that. I like that distinction, sharing. But then when it comes to the things we see in our partners that we don't necessarily – like we might love them. We might, you know, be practicing love with them, but say there's something in them that we don't necessarily love. Like, I don't know I put explicit on this podcast, so I guess I can really go there, but like say they, they, they don't, they don't do, they don't go down on you like the way that you want. Right. right. So like something that's for a lot of us women, really important instead of being vulnerable, like this is true vulnerability saying like, this is important to me and, and, and working on this in a relationship and maybe not even saying it, but like showing him how important it is to, to you and, mm-hmm. and guiding him through that process when y'all are intimate together. 
evoking a desire within him to do that for you rather than go there and then acknowledge to yourself you're worthy of having a good sexual experience right shut it down like our brains are like just end it just end this relationship it's obviously not the one he's he's not already built to be able to do these things the way you like it just end it the next guy will know but then with the next guy he doesn't do something that you don't like and it's just easier to like close the door close the door close the door one of my favorite quotes is um, we spend too much time looking for the perfect love rather than creating it. Mm-hmm. Rather than creating, and I believe that we can truly create the perfect love if we just slow down with the person that we're with and have these conversations, do our solo practices, like you mentioned you did meditation, and, and acknowledging when we create these stories that mm-hmm. don't attach to the stories. Let them float on by. It's okay you're having them, but be aware of what your brain might do when it has one of these stories. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's, it's the, the whole like looking for what the partner is doing, like the partner's doing something wrong. It's just, um, the way that I always see it is that, you know, we always have our mind voice, but then we also always have our soul voice and it's that they're Mm. both operating at the same time, but our mind voice tends to be a lot louder. Like the volume on it is a lot louder because we've learned like our mind voice. I look at it as like, judgment, criticism, right or wrong, good or bad, analysis, anything like that. And so we learn when we're younger, as soon as we go into school, we start to learn this voice gets louder because it gets supported, right? And so Mm -hmm. we learn to make that voice like our primary voice. And so whenever we are noticing our mind being, like identifying something is wrong, like my favorite thing is always like, um, Fair, like I used to be very um, critical of Ferris. Like Ferris isn't doing the dishes. He hasn't made the bed. He's not taking all out. Blah, 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 blah. But it's just instead of even like having a conversation with that voice, it's just even to know that oh, this is obviously a judgment as a right or wrong voice. So maybe I want to take a step back and see if there's another voice, right? Because it's like, and also my favorite thing about relationships is that they're always mirrors. It's fantastic, and it's also like <laughs> such a fuck moment because it's like if I'm looking at Ferris not doing the dishes then maybe there's something that I need to look at within myself that I'm not looking that I'm doing enough of or that I've like I'm doing something wrong right and so instead of like pushing put projecting that onto Ferris like in your example of like him not going down on you the way (laughs) you want him to maybe there's something around intimacy that you're because if that if this guy is showing up in your space responding to your energy then that is a part of something for you to look at with intimacy, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, why does he need to go down on you in the right way? Like, mm-hmm. what is the right way? Like, maybe there's something that he's going to show you, or maybe there's something for you to learn around being um, expressive, right? Or yeah. like finding, find going deeper into what that means. Like, my favorite thing that I always love about vulnerability is like totally like sharing. We all have our scripts around how to be vulnerable and what we can share. But just even, you know, how I was like, can I ask Ferris, like, energetically? It's really like I was checking in with myself being like, am I willing to go here? Because it's kind of vulnerable to talk about your current relationship that is your marriage and, like, their energy and, like, the intimacies of their, of that, of, of that experience or that relationship. And I can feel as I'm speaking that like the blood is rushing to my heart and like my throat chakra is getting a little bit um, tight. And so that for me is a really good indication that I'm stretching my vulnerability. Um, but I'm also trusting the reason that that thought came into my head is because maybe 
that's the thought that needs to be shared so that the person that's listening to this episode, maybe that's an example that they are currently experiencing. So it's like the more that we can be willing to trust that what comes in or what's showing up for us is exactly what we need to experience for the evolution of our being and allow it to either like come through whether we need to speak it or open up to experiencing that <laughs> this guy doesn't go down on you perfectly <laughs> then there's something there for you because it's like this is the whole thing about like there's nothing random um matt talks about this like that if it's it's all divinely he talks about it like everyone that's in your like basically the universal script like there everything is divinely created and perfectly created by the divine and so you just look at everyone coming into your space like the universe has taken a like a doll and wound it up and pot and then so it's like coming into your space and so it's just like it's actually exactly what you need whether it's about you saying the truth about something or honoring what you feel or setting a boundary or letting someone in more um, and get and the only way that you can get to know what that is is to be willing to get to know yourself in a deeper way it's like what you're doing right now it's like honoring the fact that you're getting guidance to take a step back and f invest in a new teacher who scares the crap out of you and makes yeah. you eyes for an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> over you know like that's kind of crazy and telling any lay person that you do that they'd be like why are you paying this much money but it's like because i'm being guided to do this yeah yeah thanks yeah. for thanks for sharing the marriage example because i i i'm not married and I don't, i'm not of that world but like i imagine that oh, there i'm not of that world i'm i'm like totally in training over here doing all this relationship studying like i feel like i am but i'm totally not i imagine there's a lot of shame that can come up for certain people when they are married and they talk about having those thoughts of, are we going down different past? Is there going to be a divorce in the future? Are we going to be able to come back together? Like even hearing you say that, I'm like, Whoa, have I ever heard of a married person just coming out sharing? They've had the thoughts of like, are, are we like ca almost casually? Like we're on a podcast yeah. and just chatting. Yeah. And I'm like that that's vulnerable. And, and that's what we need more of is like making these taboo thoughts, taboo, patterns normal. like normal let's normalize them because that kind of stuff is normal i bet there's thousands of people. every single married person i guarantee it exactly because every single married person has a saboteur right mm. we question everything in our lives if someone that's married has never been like "Ooh, is this you know i just don't believe that i don't believe that for a second i mean that's that's part of that's also for me with spiritual teachers the ones who are really real like Every spiritual teacher I connect to, like Wayne Dyer, Gangaji, they all have experienced some pretty massive, um, you know, like, I don't even know how to say this, like massive challenges and pains. And they've, and they've given them, like Matt even, Matt Kahn took eight months away from everything is what he said before he, like the second he came on stage, he, he you could just see how, it, I like, he's such a good teacher and he's done it so much that he wasn't crying, but I could feel it. It was like, he's just taken eight months of his life, like not knowing what that meant, what it would look like, how it would impact his business. He took eight months away to go through the most intense pain he's ever experienced in his entire life. It's like the willingness to go there. Um, you know, like I, Gangaji, one of my, my mom's teacher, and she's one of my teachers, her and her husband, Eli, went through a very big relationship contra like challenge and struggle 
in the eye, the public eye. But I think that's part of like, if you are in the public eye or you are a teacher and you have a platform, you have to be willing to be human. Mm. And it's those moments that teach people. Like you can't just be like, I have all the spiritual knowledge and theories and I'm just going to replicate it. It's in the experiences that you teach. And that's why I actually love traveling because I'm like, I just launched my new mentorship programs. I'm like, holy crap, hold on to your hats, girls. I've got so much stuff for you. And that's like the guidance that I got to go traveling for five weeks. I can see is because I was meant to experience these insane things that I went through on a daily basis that have, that are strengthening my knowledge of who I am and, and also giving me really beautiful examples of how to teach. Mm-hmm. So and that's mm-hmm. so fun because it's always fresh and new um, and exciting and unique and, and, and it's, and it's uniquely you, right? Yeah. God, I love it. I love it so much. So one thing that I want to, I know we're coming up on time here, but I did want to touch on, you see, I don't want to have it too open-ended. I think my, my question is around, <laughs> it's around open-ended with me. You know what I'm like. <laughs> yeah. I want to have some sort of like, cause we've talked about, I've had someone on to talk about being a psychic before. So mm-hmm. that we've, we've gotten basic, not everyone actually, there's a lot of people that are probably just listening to this first episode, never heard the show before. Maybe yeah. you can give, what is a psychic to you? What is, what, you, what does it feel like to be psychic in your body? What's your experience of that? And can you turn it off ever? <laughs> like, do you feel like being an empath, you're constantly receiving energy and like in giving and giving and giving and like, how have you learned how to have a gift as strong as being an, an intuitive and reading people and protect your sacred space mm. and be in your space? All right, let's try to make this short. So, <laughs> um, it's a huge question. It's, it's interesting because I, as a, as a child, I was very, I, my mom called me psychic. I even really resonated with the word psychic. I felt really psychic. I was, I was, I was in my psychic ability, like with no boundaries as a young girl. But then I completely ran in the other direction, um, so far and fully into shadow um, through partying and eating disorders and all of, all those lovely things that I've mentioned. Um, and so it's actually only just been in the past, um, it'll be about a year and a half that I've stepped two feet into the energy of what it means to be psychic and connect back to those things that I felt so connected to as a child. And so, um, and I, I was talking about this as well in my live today is, um, I think for me, being a psychic is just about deepening my connection to spirit and being open to the energy that uh, the energy and the information and knowledge that intuition gives to me. So I've always been an empath. Like I feel everyone's energy all the time. And, and it was too much as a, as a child, which is part of why I had eating disorders is just like to shut that down. I almost thought it was like a trapdoor. It was like, I'm done. I'm just going to f- eat or not eat and like not treat my body like a temple. And so, um, now the way that I really work as a psychic is, um, I mean, my thing always is like what we were, what we were talking about earlier is I love to connect to people's heart spaces and, um, really in the same way that I talked about how Matt just transmits such powerful energy. And people say this about me is just that like, when you're with me, you just feel held and loved and supported. And that's always been my primary 
intention with being a psychic. Like, yes, I can, um, I can hear and see and feel the messages from spirit, whether it's through my guides or the person's, the client's guides, the person's guides that are with me. But my most, the, my primary intention is the messages that I mostly receive are about how to allow that person to remove blocks um, remove, like face fear, get rid of doubt, insecure, insecurity and worry so that they can access their internal wisdom and feel more connected to feeling safe and calm and peaceful and grounded and like confident about what's coming up for them or like what they want to do in this world. So that's kind of the, my gift with being a psychic is that I just want people to realize how amazing they are and how ready they are to do whatever it is that they feel mm. like they want to do. Whether it's My like a relationship. Woohoo! Woo. Um, so, but that being said, like, because I, you know, really only stepped into this work an, a year and a half ago, it's been a really interesting journey because um, everything is constantly evolving and expanding for me. And so I can even see, like, I spoke to Deborah Silverman the astrologist. And she was saying that like my psychic abilities are only like 15% tapped into. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that sounds intense. So it's, it's this thing. It's a muscle like with intuition, you know, the more that we work with it, the more that we trust it, the more that we um, follow it, the stronger it gets. And so that's something for me with being a psychic is that anyone can feel, you know, work with intuition, but the call to call yourself a psychic, which is also a really big thing even that was part of my journey going through Europe and like Spain and the Vatican is like just feeling how there was a very strong past life for me around being really um you know completely wiped out for 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 these gifts and so there is a lot about facing your fears of what that actually means and trusting trusting the messages but I mean that I'm just so passionate about working with my intuition um and helping people so that's my primary the turning thing, the turning it off has been a really interesting journey too. I'm pretty good at it now. Um, but it's taken time because at first it was like, it's like almost like a newborn baby. Like you, you're seeing things, <laughs> you're hearing things, you're smelling things. And then all of a sudden you have to like learn how to manage what that is. And so for me, it's really important to create my sacred space. I always like, I have like a really strong clearing practice of like, whether it's, I love taking showers. Like if I feel like I need to clear something, I will go and have a shower. Like sometimes I'll have like four showers a day. When I first started, I was literally having like six showers a day. Um, you know, buying flowers for myself and like honoring that energy, but really connecting with the more that I connect to my guides, I can, you know, communicate with them. Like sometimes I'll wake up from a night of traveling all around, like astral traveling. And I'll, the next night I'll be like, I need to stay here tonight. What is and like astral traveling. So it's when you're connecting to the energy of like, you know, energy beings and just literally traveling, like your soul is moving all around the world or through different planets throughout the night. It's quite intense. And you can, you can sometimes wake up and feel like you haven't slept at all, or you'll wake up and you'll be like, I literally was all over the world. Is it like um, lucid dreaming or no, you're not in control? Yeah, similar, similar. I mean, it's, it's a lot of people with astral traveling are actually intentionally wanting to, to, to move around. So it's like not being, but also with astral traveling, it's not being completely um, stuck in one dimension. You're also moving through dimensions as well. And that's like, <laughs> there's so many, you're like, I can just see the mind of Maddie right now, like dimensions. <laughs> Take me with you. Me it with sounds you. on one hand, it sounds utterly exhausting. 
Yeah. And on the on the other, I'm like, this is a whole new world. This is podcast number three with me and you. We're going to talk all yeah. about this. Oh my gosh, get ready. I think the thing about it is it's just not about being attacked. Like, uh, there's so many things you can talk about, but it's just not being being under like being open to understanding that the real our realities are created by what we see right and what we understand is our reality and there that you know we know that that we're a planet amongst a universe mm -hmm. because we've been told that right but what do we do we really like we know that like we can see because we've seen maps of it of like planet earth and we know that nasa does like can see and show pictures and whatnot but like do we actually know that? And what do, because we've been told that we know that we believe that, right? But dimensions, like knowing that this is the reality that we live in and that there's other realities living at, around in, at the exact same time. This is the whole thing around, um, astral traveling or even dimensions is like just trusting your, you know, it's like past lives. Like when, when we go to, um, when we go to a place and we feel like we've been there before or when we meet someone and we feel like we've met them before, all of these things are just ways for us to get to know ourselves, like learn who we are, um, get to know ourselves more. Um, but it's like that willingness to explore what's showing up and being open to see what's, what, what it's bringing for us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, there's so, there's so much there, but I think that's something maybe to begin with is just like, you know, when you're dreaming, just like waking up and just noting down what you've experienced or what, what's come up in your life or what you've, um, yeah, what you've been shown. Yeah. You just mentioned past lives. So, yeah. okay, I know. Like, I'm having all these thoughts of like, oh my God, we need to do a, po a podcast on this and on this. Um, past lives is something that I feel like I never truly believed in past lives until me and you started talking about it. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about something, you start attracting it more. And this conversation of past life keeps popping up in my life. And I choose to believe in it because it brings me joy and it adds to my life and it's not hurting anybody. And I, I'm really, I really love it. And I'm really intrigued. Do you have any rec for people who are interested in learning more about past lives? Do you have any teachers that you, including yourself that you trust for, for understanding yeah. past lives? So I would recommend First, there's um, an author of a really good book. It's called Same Soul, Many Bodies. Um, I forget his name, but that's he has two books. Oh, he's got many books, but that's one of his main ones. And then he's got another really good one. It's literally like in my periphery. I can see it, but I can't. So that's one of them, though. Okay. That's a really beautiful introduction to um, to understanding past lives. It's it's the kind of thing where we, when we first hear about it, especially if we have a religious background, it's like, you know, there's a lot of unconditioning or is a lot of contrast or it doesn't make sense where we, it's actually like work of the devil, you know, like all this kind yeah. of stuff. So, um, it's just being, I mean, again, it's like if it's showing up in your space and you're feeling interested or intrigued in it, then I believe that there's something there for you to explore. Um, and then actually, um, there's a guy who was on Jordan, um, the Balance Blondes podcast, Soul on Fire. She had him on and he's, he's in, he's in California and he does past life regression work and other stuff, uh, other work around that. So okay. if you're I'll in California, him. yeah, check him out, check him out on her podcast, Soul on Fire. I forget his name. I'll um, find, I'll have a link to the book you just mentioned and to this guy yeah. i'll find that link and then maybe i'll reach out to him and ask him to come on because i'm super intrigued by all of this i want to learn as you much should as I can about past lives 
Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Like again, with spirituality, if you, I find like we've done past life regressions in, in retreats that we've offered. Um, when I've done retreats with Natalie miles, one of my friends. And sometimes if you're not grounded in an understanding, a deeper understanding and foundation of who you are, you learn a past life. Like when I learned a past life of being a witch and being hung. Right. So it's like, that then becomes a story that my life is all about and I step into fear and da 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 So it's really important that we are grounding ourselves in the foundations, like what we've talked about in this podcast, because anything can be taken, like plucked out of truth and taken off into fear. So, yeah. uh, and I always think that that's really important. Like past life stuff is, is actually sometimes really helpful because someone might be experiencing a recurring trauma or a yeah. recurring keeps showing up in their lives and they don't understand. And so maybe the past life regression is going to help them to release that thing and come and, and create peace in a place that there was not in. And, and maybe that's part of the expansion of their soul or the evolution of their soul. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, we get so intrigued by it. Like everyone's like, Oh my God, past life regression. I want to know who I was mm. in a past life. So it's like, it's like everything my mom would always say to me. Um, like she tr practices the Enneagram and people would find it like it become like a dinner party trick where everyone's like, read my numbers or tell me my reading. And it's like, these, these things are sacred. And so it's really important that we do treat them as that. And we don't like, you know, let the ego hijack them and turn them into a party trick. If you will. Oh, I love that You mentioned that there is, um, there's a guy named Lane Watson and he's a, have you heard of him? I know. I haven't heard of him. You're like, no, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, uh, there, okay. So I'm Jodish, Jodish. Yeah. Is that how you say Vedic astrology? Joydish? Something like that. Oh, jo yeah. Jodish. Jodish. Yeah. yeah. So he, <laughs> Blaine Watson teaches this and I, I asked a question. He talks about past lives and he can read your Vedic astrology chart brilliantly. Um, and I was asking him about past lives and he was saying that if you have an irrational fear that keeps popping up in your life, then it's very likely that in a past life, that's how you died. Maybe mm -hmm. like I have a lot of irrational fears around transportation. I just get really, 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 really stressed and nervous around even driving in my car or getting on a, a train or getting on a does definitely planes. And mm -hmm. I don't think that's irrational. I think anyone is a little bit nervous whenever they're flying 30,000 feet up in the air. But mm -hmm. mine, when I look around, I feel like I I'm more in a space of nervousness than everyone else around me. So mm -hmm. that was interesting for me to hear that if this keeps coming up, like you were saying, you keep reliving traumas and it's like, why am I feeling so nervous every time I get into a plane or sometimes when I get into cars and it's almost like I have this very vivid, I can, I can tap into this feeling of exactly what it would feel like to be in a, a very extreme, maybe causing of death kind of car accident. Like I can feel what that would be like that last moment of spinning around. And I've never had that experience, mm. but it feels so real and I see it that, that last moment, like often. And, yeah. and it, it, even if like, it's, it's a sacred thing and I don't want it to be a party trick. This is something I want to look into and I want to learn more about. Cause I yeah. think it's just, so, it's so fascinating to, to think of, and okay, last thing, um, I'm just trailed off my thought, whatever. I don't even know where that was going, but he was saying <laughs> that he read, um, Joan of Arc's chart and mm -hmm. 
after he read it, she's here. She's Mm. doing humanitarian work in like Philly or something like that. Like he located her. This guy is like crazy amazing. I don't know how he knows all this stuff, but he read her chart and he found her doing Mm. this certain kind of humanitarian work in Philadelphia or something like that. So she's back. She's back on planet earth. She's totally well. And, and that's also like the way that we understand a soul is that we see it as like one person, but a lot of the time there could be more than one person that has been, has, has Joan of Arc's past life in their soul mm-hmm. memory. Does that make sense? So it makes sense that she's still here. Cause there's, she's cause like so that soul split? Come back. She's yeah. Split? Yeah, exactly. It, it, it Hey, <laughs> now we're getting deep. <laughs> because it was, it was that, that life, that soul's life experience that a lot of us, that a lot of people potentially on the planet right now have experienced can, can connect to, you know, it's like, so interesting. It's on a whole new level of the whole, um, we are everyone, like you're me, like we're all this, it takes on a whole new level because like you have your soul then is in connected. It's it's like literally connected. It's like, I could be, I could be in a accumulation of, well, it's like, See, but that's the thing. It's like the identification of I as human, Maddie, isn't really what it is. It's the the energy of the soul. (laughs) (laughs) I wish everyone could see your face right now. Um, Yeah, so check out. And and actually, um, the guy that that was on Jordan's podcast, he, it's kind of crazy. He did regressions for a woman whose son came back as like his he had a past life I forgot the guy's name but he's a very famous baseball player like he was a famous baseball player and so she basically they found out that he and you know was is that person in a new body and there's actually a movie that's being created by him about about this experience because she ended up writing a book about her experiences with this regressionist and she submitted to, submitted it to the Hay House, you know, how Hay House does every year. And so her book actually got chosen. And so it was published and it's out. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's out. You can read it. I forget what it's called, but you can find it on Jordan's thing. And then, uh, yeah, and it's being created into a movie. So, you know, like this is the thing. The world yeah. is very, this whole thing is becoming something that we've been, we've moved away from and we've, you know, we've seen as, crazy and it's actually very normal yeah um yeah ah fuck yeah love it yeah. so juicy it. okay so i'm gonna ask you a few quick fire round questions because we love cannot skip over those questions. they're yeah, so important but before we do that where can people connect with you online this is so funny because i feel like i'm in the i'm gonna be changing my brand name soon but that's okay i'm not gonna share that right now it's so hard to let go of Chloe's countertop because I've had it for so long. But anyways, you can find me at Chloe's countertop.com. Um, on Instagram, it's Chloe's countertop, like Chloe's countertop. Um, yeah. And I'm on Instagram all the time. So you can check me out there. I'm very, very present and consistent. Um, I love being there. So yeah. And I do readings. If you want a reading, um, I run mentorship programs. It's all on my website. Feel free to reach and out. And your mentorship program is Vibrate Light. Vibrate Light, yes. Vibrate Light, yes. Everyone <laughs> yeah. should check that out. I love the name. Oh, thanks, Maddie. Okay, and, you know, if you do rebrand and change everything, just send me your new links, and I'll update the show notes so we can always see it. 
Perfect. Okay. And here we go. If love tasted like a flavor, what would it be and why? Ooh, I just, I, chocolate immediately. And because it, chocolate is something that I always desire. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it, I, I thought you were going to say like, cause it's rich. Oh, nice. like creamy. I don't know. Ferris is rich and creamy. I'm sure to you. Ferris is so chocolatey and rich and creamy. <laughs> so cute. Okay. What's a must read book for you right now? Mm, uh, I, I, I read return to love on my trip and I absolutely loved it by Marianne Williamson. And I'm, um, actually in my, my friend Amber Ray just, um, came out with her book that's doing really well from choose from wonder, choose wonder over worry. So yeah. What is the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet them? Their energy. What's one word? (laughs) Can't help it. What's one word you absolutely love to use? Mm, um, Oh, what's the word? I think it's joy right now. It's a good one. Describe your relationship to matcha. I love matcha. But if it was like a relationship status, what would it be? Oh, my relationship status. We are, we are actually, yeah. So I'm date, I'm like, I'm two timing matcha with coffee. You're poly. And so I'm polyamorous with matcha and coffee, but matcha is like the one, the the one that my soul knows that it wants, but Mm. coffee is the one that my mind and my ego and shadow are kind of. You got that lust. You got that coffee Uh, lust, but you got the matcha love. You smell the coffee and you're like, I want it. Makes sense. Yeah. Heart's like, girl, girl, you'll be there forever. Go for the green one. Thick and thin by my side. <laughs> okay. Um, blah, 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 blah. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Like we don't believe in guilt, right? But like if we were just for the sake of the game, what's your biggest guilt. guilty pleasure? Guilt lit. Guilt's a thing. Guilt's an emotion. So, you know, we, we don't need to tell it to go away. Um, totally. guilty pleasure. I mean, for sure TV. Okay. Yeah. And like, not just TV, all my <laughs> friends know this about me. I watch like really gushy. Like I always ask Ferris if he wants to watch a movie, I'm like, is there a romance in it? And he, or like love. And he's like, no, I'm like not watching it. So I love like the gushy, gushy, you know, like CW network shows. What is, okay. CW. Is that the one that's like, I don't even know why I said that, but it's like, it's like, you know, like, you mean like, you mean like Lifetime or Hallmark? Like, no, not okay. Hallmark. No, okay. no, 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 All right. no, like, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I sure. no one watch- Everyone's like, I love the Hallmark gushy. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> um, like what's the show that I, like I'm watching Grace and Frankie right now. And I just, I love, love- Grace and Frankie. I want Grace and Frankie to be my BFF. I want to be Frankie, but I mean, at the same time, I'm like, I know you want I both. Wanna like I want to be Frankie, but I also want to be Grace. Yeah. For they sure. did a good job with that show. All yeah, right. Last question. What's your spirit animal? Um, a wolf. Oh, and why? Yeah. I, well, the why is that actually, I've always loved wolves, but when I was coming, driving from our family ranch in Alberta to Vancouver, it's like a 10 hour drive 
one time, like a year ago with my mom, it was 5am and like, no, it was more like 6am summertime, no cars on the road in the middle of the Rockies. I was listening to Oprah's super soul conversations with, uh, Paulo Coelho. And he was talking about like omens and animal omens. And I was just like deep in thought. My mom was asleep. My dog was asleep. And all of a sudden out of like nowhere, I was like turning a corner, literally driving in the Rockies and on the edge of the road, the, like the cliff, sunken highway road there was a massive wolf and it was like on the on my side of the barrier and he was like staring right at me it was one of those moments where I'm like is this real am I imagining this and like Paulo Coelho is talking about omens and from that since then I've like just felt so connected to wolves and they show up like whether they're like you know on social media or on bags or apparel like I see wolves constantly mm -hmm. and I really there's a place in um, BC I forgot what town it is but you can go and like it's called walk with the wild wolves but it's a wolf sanctuary that they take care of the wolves uh, take care of wolves and you can go and like you know not walk like touch them but be near them mm -hmm. and I'm like actually you've just reminded me that's what I want to do for my birthday Ooh, I love that oh my god yeah yeah, That's so I love cool. Wolves. Such a good answer that gave me chills. I had to find that podcast. I want to listen to Super Soul Sunday. Oh, okay. it's so good. Paula, yeah, it's. I mean, I love her stuff. And Paula Coelho is wonderful. The Alchemist, right? Yeah. The best. Oh, so good. Chloe, thank you Yay. for coming on the podcast. This has been so much fun. Thanks for having me. This is just, I want all podcasts to be this easy. I know. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that. I was like, man, this is, this is so nice. This is just, this we're is just great. like, yeah, yeah, we're talking about different things, but like, more in depth and it's so flowy and it just feels so natural. I love it. Gotta come on more. Me too. Well, I'm happy whenever you need me. Okay, perfect. Okay, okay. I but you take sure your time for you too, though. <laughs> take my time for me too? Yeah. To do what? Well, outside of doing podcasts. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, I'll make sure that I still eat my food and sleep when I need to sleep and, like, take care of yeah. myself. But then have you yeah. on the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, great. Sounds okay. Good. okay. All right, everyone, I will have all of the links to Chloe's magnificent um, work out in the world on the show notes for this. This is episode 208, I believe. Wow. Maybe. 208? 208. I can't believe we're there. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, 208. Um, and while you are there, you can go to the free gifts page and you can see what goodies are over there. I have a wonderful compilation of a hundred of my favorite books that are on that as well. I as use that video. all the time. Actually. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like whenever someone's like, what book should I read? I'm like, Oh, you need to go check out Maddie. Oh, I love yeah. that. Thanks. Yeah. It was well, it's very well put together. And like, it's something that I always wanted to do, but never did. And now you did. I'm like, perfect. I have a lot of pride in it because everyone always asks it's me nice. what books I love. And I'm like, I love putting out other people's work into the world, like AKA this podcast. But mm -hmm. I also feel like it can be super overwhelming for all these different books to be scattered everywhere. And I like to have things organized. So making this PDF, I was like, oh, my God, this is so satisfying. Feels yeah, so no. It's really good. You guys should definitely download it. Y'all download it and check out all of Chloe's work. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Love you.